0: This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where no animals have been harmed in the production of this podcast, Only a Few Egos. Former Broward Sheriff Scott Israel's fate will be decided today by the Florida Senate. Looks like a partisan vote, which means he will not be getting his job back. Remember those Ukrainian businessmen associated with Rudy Giuliani, accused of funneling foreign money into U.S. elections? Well, it turns out the governor says one of them tried to get appointed to a position on his transition team. Some former death row inmates who were released from prison after being exonerated stop in Tallahassee to ask the governor to spare the next inmate scheduled to die in Florida. You can probably guess how that went over. A controversial bill that would force girls to get permission from their parents before obtaining an abortion has cleared its one and only committee in the Florida House of Representatives. Opponents claim it's part of a campaign to roll back abortion rights for everyone, not just minors. We'll also have your daily political calendar and check on the latest antics of Florida Man and now the top stories on sunrise for october 23rd the florida senate will decide the fate of suspended broward county sheriff scott israel today and he's going to lose governor ron DeSantis suspended israel because of two mass shootings in broward county and he's confident the senate will uphold that suspension when the day is done
1: i just want to thank the uh, the committee in the senate i also want to thank the parkland families for coming uh, it wasn't easy uh, for them. To, uh, this has been a long time coming, and I think that um, you know they really showed a lot of strength. And uh, I look forward to the Senate, uh, you know, disposing of this matter and um, look forward to moving on.
0: Some pundits have compared DeSantis's treatment of Israel to the way Democrats in Washington are treating Donald Trump, but the governor says there is no comparison. Address
1: I see that? no similarities between a presidential impeachment and the removal of a county official. I mean, you know, this is a provision of the Florida Constitution. Um, it about neglect of duty or incompetence obviously we've seen multiple failures out of that agency in fact that agency under his leadership lost the state certification and now it's being reinstated under the new sheriff and so um, and it's also something that we saw in Okaloosa County with the school uh, superintendent there uh, the elections in Palm Beach so um, that that's a legitimate part and I think that these folks um, uh, look had we not acted um, you know, my fear was that more uh, failures um, would have put more people at risk. And so, um, you know, I think I acted uh, appropriately, and I think that the Senate ultimately will come to that conclusion. The
0: Senate hearing begins at 2 this afternoon. All sorts of people show up at the governor's office in Tallahassee, including some former death row inmates. Mark Elliott, with a group called Floridians for Alternatives to the Death Penalty, led a group of men who were released from death row after being exonerated, and they're asking the governor to cancel next month's scheduled execution of James Daly, a Vietnam vet who has spent more than 30 years on death row. These gentlemen here are death row exonerees. And when they found out that a death warrant had been signed and an execution date of November 7th for James Daly, when there's doubt, too much doubt, he's possibly innocent, they've lived that. And if they were executed, they wouldn't be here today. So they've been in that situation.
1: My name is Juan Roberto Melendez. I'm the number 99 person in the nation to be a Senorarian Liberator from DevRo. I'm the number 20 in in the state of florida and i spent 17 years eight months and one day in hell for the crime i did not commit my name is seth Panover. i'm a death row exoneree number 24 here in the state of florida number 142 in the united states of america and i was incarcerated for a total of 18 and a half years before i was exonerated
0: my name is Derek ray jameson i'm the 119th death row exoneree in the united states and I did 20 years on Ohio's death row, and I'm going to celebrate my 15th anniversary on the 25th of this month. So, I wish they could stop all the executions in the state, in the United States. How much doubt is too much doubt in Florida? You know, with our track record of 29 exonerations so far, and you know we're coming up on the 100th execution. If there's any doubt, the execution should be halted at all costs. Whatever it takes to for the governor to The execution. Elliot says there is no evidence tying Daly to the crime, and the real killer has already confessed and is serving a life sentence. But the governor says, that doesn't really matter.
1: Well, he has not been exonerated. Um, uh, In fact, I mean, this has been going on for decades. Um, I think the the injustice that I see in this case is that the other assailant didn't get the death penalty. I mean, he got life in prison. He should have had the death. This was one of the most gruesome crimes in the history of Pinellas County. Um, I mean, that and, and, you know, you have the family, it, it was just terrible. And so, um, you know, I think the record uh, to me is satisfactory. You know, we're willing to listen to things, but this has been litigated over and over and over. And so, um, you know, at some point, um, you know, you need to do justice.
0: Daly's execution is scheduled for November 7th. If it happens, he'll be the 100th inmate executed by the state of Florida since the death penalty was reinstated in 1976. The governor says one of Rudy Giuliani's associates, who was photographed with him on the campaign trail, tried to get appointed to a transition committee after he won the election. Lev Parnas is one of the South Florida businessmen, originally from the Ukraine, accused of funneling foreign money into U.S. elections, and it's a tricky subject for Ron DeSantis.
1: So I've, um, you know, I've, I've, I've said some stuff on it. I'm probably not going to add anything else except to say that. Um, You know, this individual uh, had no involvement in any policy or anything involving the administration. In fact, one of the fundraisers in South Florida that worked on these fundraising events for us uh, received a request from him to be on one of our transition committees for public safety. Uh, That request was denied, and so he was not on that committee, and so as soon as this stuff came out, I told the PAC, "You got to send the money to the Treasury, and and let's just move on with it." And so, so that's what we're doing. And um, you know, and so I don't really have anything else to add. Did you ever meet with him after you became governor? Um, I don't really have anything else to add. We'll we'll, um, we'll 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 go
0: from there. Parnist was involved in two fundraisers for DeSantis and donated fifty thousand dollars to his campaign through a Delaware corporation. The governor has since turned that money over to the feds. The never-ending war over abortion rights has resumed at the Florida Capitol. The House Health and Human Services Committee has approved HB 265, which requires minors to get the consent of their parents before obtaining an abortion. The sponsor of that bill, Representative Erin Grahl says she wants to protect girls facing an unexpected pregnancy.
2: I have taken some time and the occasion to pray um, at a local abortion facility. And what I... Have a very difficult time reconciling as I stand outside a building that looks like it was once used as a home Doesn't look like it would have the modern medical tools that we would expect from an ambulatory surgical facility that people in this room in this body fight for the regulation of the the increased standards the safety and I find it Just overwhelmingly tragic that a parent would not have the ability to know whether or not the facility by which their minor daughter goes to obtain an abortion was in fact safe, was in fact um, reputable, was clean, was um, that the provider themselves um, had the best interest in the medical outcome of the girl.
0: But representative Anna Eskamani of Orlando claims the bill to protect a young woman would actually put them at risk.
2: The reality is that this law, which we debated last session as well, has been shown uh, to put the most at-risk youth in greater danger. But the truth is, if this bill becomes law, Access to same abortion for every Floridian is at risk in the state of Florida.
0: So how in the world does a parental consent bill endanger abortion rights for everyone? Well, it all goes back to a 1989 Florida Supreme Court decision that struck down a previous parental consent abortion law. It's called the TW decision, and the high court said the privacy right amendment in the state constitution protects abortion rights. Now, 30 years later, FSU student Michelle Stern says anti-abortion lawmakers are trying to use a new parental consent bill to overturn that ruling.
2: Proponents of this legislation may tell you that it's about making younger people safe, but that's just not true. We know that passing this bill is really just the first part of a disturbing plan to have our constitutional right to privacy reinterpreted to no longer safeguard access to abortion. The introduction to this bill is just an attempt to use young people as political pawns in a very dangerous Mm game. This is wrong, and speaking to you as a young person myself, I find it deeply offensive.
0: Mm. Studies have shown that most young women who become pregnant do talk to at least one parent, State Representative Amy Mercado says some cannot, and the legislature has no business interfering.
2: This law puts those vulnerable teenagers, those who most need protection, in harm's way or forces them to go to court. These teens don't need a judge. They need a counselor. They need medical care. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even teenagers who maintain good relationships with their parents might be afraid to talk to them about something as sensitive as a pregnancy. Good family communication cannot be imposed by the government. Mm -hmm. The real answer to reducing teen pregnancy is to emphasize prevention and to nurture strong, caring families, not to impose unnecessary laws that endanger the young people.
0: Senator Dennis Baxley has already admitted this bill is designed to force the Florida Supreme Court to reconsider the TW case, and it could open the floodgates to a new round of legal restrictions on a woman's right to choose. Representative Chevron Jones says, enough is enough.
1: If you're such a party of choice, allow women to maintain their choice and Mm. leave them alone. It is the important, it is the right thing to do. We're standing here because we're gonna raise our voices loud. And not just here, but even in the committee with questions Mm. and in our debate, to let you know to leave our women the hell alone.
0: The abortion bill was only assigned to one House committee, and it passed. So it's ready for a floor vote when the session gets underway in January. What's happening today? Well, glad you asked. The Florida Department of Education continues a listening tour about new academic standards for public schools. That starts at 530 at Walton High School in Defuniac Springs. The House Health Quality Subcommittee receives a briefing on vaping and lung damage from the state Surgeon General and a physician from the Mayo Clinic. That's at 9 a.m. The House Business and Professions Subcommittee will also hold a discussion about vaping, nicotine dispensing devices, and the state's regulation of tobacco products at 1230. It's party time at the Governor's Club, if you've got the scratch to match. There's a fundraiser for Representatives Scott Plakin and Renee Placencia. that's at 4.30. Then at 5.30, there's a fundraiser for Representatives Vance Lupus, Elizabeth Federhoff, Toby Oberdorf, and Adrian Zika. And then there's a third fundraiser just down the hall at the very same time, but this one's for Representatives Randy Fine, Jason Fisher, and Rick Roth. Former White House Communications Director Anthony Scaramucci, who has morphed into a critic of Donald Trump, will be speaking at the Commercial Real Estate Association NAIOP South Florida. That's 5 p.m. at the Ritz-Carlton, Fort Lauderdale. And officials from the University of South Florida present a panel discussion on mass media as part of USF Day in the state capitol. It's from 4.15 till 5.15 at the Doubletree Hotel in Tallahassee. And the panel includes Peter Schorsch, the guy responsible for this podcast. And time once again for the continuing saga of Florida Man. Investigators in Boynton Beach are searching for the man who managed to steal more than $1,000 worth of scotch from a liquor store by smuggling the hooch in his trousers. Police say he took the bottles out of the containers and then concealed them in the front of his pants, and he did it over and over, three times in the space of three hours. Finally, a 32-year-old Florida woman was dumped in jail after getting into an argument over puppy poop. When Martin County deputies responded to a domestic incident in Jensen Beach, a man told them he got into an argument with his wife because she'd been giving people food to the dog and causing, quote, uncontrollable bowel movements that stunk up the whole house. When he tried to leave, she apparently pushed him, hit him in the head with a remote control from the TV, and scratched him. She's been jailed on a charge of domestic battery. That's it for this edition of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg reporting for Florida Politics, back with a new episode in the morning.